What does spirituality have to do with a healthy relationship with food? What's the pleasure letter? How did Bracha Getz, the author of over 40 children's books, discover the answer through her own journey with an eating disorder and how can parents best help their children develop a healthy relationship with food? This episode is going to answer those questions and much more. Enjoy the episode. Raising children in general is not easy. Throw in the desire to have passion and committed Jews. Now that's next level hard. With weekly episodes on our parenting hierarchy, you will find the answers to your biggest parenting questions and gain the best practices you need to raise the children the way you want, to raise the Jews next door. Welcome back to another episode of The Jews Next Door. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking to Bracha Getz. Bracha graduated from Harvard University, attended the Medical College of Virginia, and went on to author over 41 children's books, which is just like truly incredible. Wow. And uh, it, it's really such an absolute pleasure to, to speak with you today. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I know that one of the books that you wrote is a book teaching kids to make healthy food choices and enjoying exercising and getting enough sleep, um, you know, called Let's Stay Healthy. So, uh, you know, that's really what we want to focus on today about, you know, healthy eating habits and leading to a, leading to a joyful home. But uh, oh, there we go right there. So, uh, you know, bef- before we even get into this specific book, let's start with just in general. How did you how did you get involved in writing children's book? You know, I wanted to write the books that I wished I had as a child. That was my goal. Um, hmm. I wasn't brought up orthodox. Um, I spent a lot of years searching for my heritage and I wanted to be able to give children from the very beginning of life a spiritual understanding. So, so that's what I did. Even if, even if they were born from, I, I, I wanted to be able to give them that spiritual understanding that every child needs. So that's what I do. I write about deep subjects or complex subjects, sometimes even controversial subjects in the most simple and joyful way possible. That's what I love to do. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, they say that, that a, a children's author understands children the best because they, you know, you have to write in a way that children really understand. So that's, uh, that's really special that, you, that you're giving over those, you know, fundamental ideas to, to the younger generation. Yeah. I, I, my mind in that way is like a child's. I have a sense of wonder about the world and excitement about learning new wisdom that has never gone away. So I'm able to get into the mind of a child. It comes very naturally to me. I say, I say wow. that I, I identify with a six-year-old boy. I have no idea why, but that's, that's the headspace I get into when I'm writing these books. Yeah. Well, I see, I see your excitement. I see your, you know, your exuberance. That's amazing. So, so let's, uh, you know, you mentioned that, that these are books that you wish that you would have had as a child. What do you, tell, tell, tell me a little more about that. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like there's a book called The Invisible Book. I explain there's so many things we believe in that are invisible. There's gravity, there's time, there's our feelings, our thoughts. We believe in, we see the effects of all these invisible forces in our lives. So why is it so hard to believe that we too 
in essence, are invisible. We are in essence spiritual beings. And, and I'm showing that it's not so far-fetched. We accept all these other concepts because we see the effects. Same thing. We see the effects of the Almighty in this world. We see the effects of our soul in our lives. So I'm, I'm bringing in my background in science and, and my, the spirituality combination. And that's, that's, it's the mind body connection and showing people that it makes sense to believe this. So all my books, a lot of my books are about having healthy bodies too. Like I wrote the books about the first books about the prevention of abuse, you know, let's stay safe and personal privacy. Because like if a child goes through abuse or neglect, their soul, it can shine as fully because of all the, really the garbage, the layers of garbage, the clouds that have come over the sunshine. So it's, they're not able to shine as fully. So having healthy bodies is an essential part of Letting our souls, letting our souls shine. In order wow. to shine fully, we mm. also need healthy bodies. I love that. I love that. I love that. We'll, we'll probably come back to that, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I'm curious. You know, you said that these are books that you wish you would have had. How do you think that your life or your childhood or, or your teenage years would have been different if you would have had, you know, these books or, or these ideas given over to you or been parented with, with these ideas? Yes, I actually... My only book for adults is is a memoir that I wrote. It, this is Searching for God in the Garbage. But basically, I don't write long books. I didn't really write this book either. I took, I took extracts um, from my diaries, my journals, my letters home that I wrote. And so you can see me actually, it's like a, a psychological documentary. You could see me actually developing eating disordered behavior and then healing from it. So it's the whole process. Writing this book was kind of a therapeutic experience because wow. when I got to the end, I was able to see the thread tying my life together. I was able to understand why did I develop these eating disordered behavior, and how was I able to heal? How, by nourishing my hungry soul, why did I no longer need the food addictions in my life um, wow. once I nourished my hungry soul? Wow, 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 wow. That is, that is so powerful. That's, in, that's incredible. Would you, would you say that that's what inspired your book, Let's Stay, Let's Stay Healthy? Well, the Let's Stay Healthy book, it was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And a mother called me and she said, oh my gosh, my children are not eating well. They're not exercising. They're not sleeping right. Please, can you write a book for all the parents that need this? You know, right, the children right. don't know. And not only that, but they don't even know why, why it's important to eat healthy, exercise, have good hygiene, go to sleep. enough. So that's what I... I love explaining my, actually, even as an undergraduate at Harvard, I was taking courses at the Harvard Graduate School of Public Health and at Harvard Medical School because 
I am fascinated by public health and I love to help it. And now, in addition, I could do it in a spiritual way too, explaining that our bodies were designed to move, explaining about how amazing our natural fruits and vegetables are that were designed for our benefit. You know, all of these things I can explain now in the book because I have also the spiritual understanding that I was searching for. Sure, sure. Wow. So, you know, you mentioned before that you, the, your book that you wore, that, that was like kind of like a memoir, were you able to see how, you know, what, what ways you went through your, your eating disorder and, and therefore came out from it. So what, what, you know, let's, let's dive into that a little more. What were your challenges with food? The challenges were growing up at a certain point. The book begins like the book begins at age 12. That's when I started my diary. And that's when like a whole nother level of consciousness came. Um, You know, when I started adolescence, basically, that's when I became aware so many messages about being thin. It was like a really so important to be thin. And um, I wasn't conscious of any of that, of that until then. And, you know, in the book, like I talk about the magazines I was reading where it would talk about all these diets. And then the next page was like recipes for strawberry shortcake. Like, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be skinny or not? Like, it's so, so many confusing messages, you know? (laughs) So what I, what I developed through those years was like intensive dieting, like anorexic kind of behavior, but then it fluctuated with binge eating. So I, you couldn't tell from the outside how I was suffering because I was doing one or the other, which is true with so many people. And it's true of so many addictions. Addictions are done in secret. So people have no idea how much a person is suffering. And um, I would just fluctuate. So after the terrible binges, I would diet so like crazy. And then it was a horrible horrible way to live. It's like being in a prison. That's what it's like. And it zaps all your energy so that you get more and more focused on the addiction. Wow. I I can't even imagine. That sounds, that sounds horrible. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, you said that, you know, on the outside, no one could have told, you know, no, no one could see. How do you think parents can, can pick up on cues, can, can do a better job you know, what, what would you have said to someone or what, what would you say to someone now who, you know, maybe is, is around someone who's, who's experiencing that and can maybe, you know, do a better job of helping them? It is extremely hard to pick up on the cues because the more a young person gets into this, the more adept they become at hiding their wow. problem. Hmm. Um people are very skinny. They wear baggy clothes to hide it. They just say, I'm not hungry now. I'm not eating. And then there's so many um, young people suffering from bulimia, Mm. which thank God I wasn't able to do. I, I am so grateful that I owe my life to that. I couldn't do that where people, they purge themselves of the food after eating it, which of course causes many health problems. Again, it's hard to believe parents could be completely unaware that their children or teenagers are doing this. It, it, 
you would think you would hear the noises. They they figured out ways to drown out all these things so parents are not aware. Of right. course, the best thing to to do is always to have an open relationship with your children so they can talk to you and divulge if they feel they need help. I I myself remember telling my parents that I thought I needed help and my parents at that time, it was so not known in those right, years. It wasn't, it a, wasn't, thing. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Wow. So, so meaning at that time when you told your parents, what did they, what did they say? How did they react? Oh, I'm, I'm sh- nothing seems to be wrong. I don't think there's any real problem. I, I was, I, I, it was many, I was like really reaching out for help. Eventually wow. in medical school, my first year of medical school, that was my lowest point. It was really when I hit rock bottom and I actually visited a psychiatrist then on my own and it was the most unusual reaction. It was a Japanese psychiatrist and I told him everything. I I spilled like all the beans, which I've been keeping inside me. And he said to me, you know, I don't think you're suffering as much as you think. He said, I think when you go to Israel this summer, I think you're going to find yourself spiritually. It was the strangest reaction. I still can't get over it. It's, I know it still blows me away when I think about it because that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is, that's crazy. (laughs) That's nuts. Wow. 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 So, so I guess, you know, I'm curious, you know, being that you didn't get the, you didn't get the reaction that or the support that you felt you you know you would have liked what do you think parents can do to better support their children to make healthy food choices okay first of all i didn't learn stuff until later on in life that and, and really recently i learned this there's this book called hooked by michael moss where they've investigated that Junk food is actually designed to be addictive. So all the natural foods that Hashem has made are designed to be delicious and nutritious. Right. Junk food is designed to be delicious and addictive. Mm. It's, it's almost, it's actually not a food. It's a food-like substance that's created in a lab. And because food, actually, I read the definition of food is what helps to maintain our body and helps it to grow in good ways. Well, that's not what junk food does. Junk food contains abnormal amounts of like um, fats and sugars and salt that are not found in nature. Right. So, and it takes out the fiber and the nutrients, the water content, that's so good for us. Hmm. So when we eat these food-like substances, it's not us to blame, really. The food is designed to be addictive. And so it's not like we could just eat a little piece of chocolate. It's not meant that way, the chocolate bars. It's meant for you to overeat it. And that's what happens to us. It's not... It's not eating these foods that's so terrible. It's that we overeat them. <laughs> that's really the problem. So you can't, like, 
You know, there used to be a, a commercial when I was young about a potato chip. I bet you can't eat just one. You can't. It's it's designed that way. Right, um, Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. There you go. Exactly. They they have like um, a crunch point. They create it like perfectly in the lab so that you want more. So, you know, we've been blaming ourselves for years, but it's really not. It's not the fault of people. The food is designed to have that effect on us. And and the the natural foods are designed to nourish us physically and spiritually. Like like an orange is it's a spiritual experience. You know, Hashem could have made that we just take a pill every day, a tasteless pill, and that would sustain us. But no, Hashem wants us to experience incredible pleasure. That's the purpose of life. So like an orange, just a simple orange, it, it, the, the, the peel, it keeps the juiciness in for months. It's, it's, it becomes bright and beautiful when it's ready for us. Like it's right. camouflaged in with the green leaves until it's ready. And then it calls, I'm ready. And that's when we know to eat it. And, it's filled with all these wonderful nutrients, smells good, looks nice, tastes wonderful. And then it's got inside of it the seeds of eternity. So it becomes a tree and it becomes an infinite amount of oranges. And if you compare this to an orange flavored tangy taffy, like you see, even the wrapper pollutes the environment. <laughs> well, this, this helps the environment. Everything. Right made by Hashem is to uplift us physically and spiritually. So getting back to eating the way really Hashem intended us to, it's such a simple way of life. And it also just fills us up spiritually as well as physically. And such a beautiful perspective on food. It's, it's incredible. So it's so refreshing. Just like that orange is over, you know, the, you know, Laffy Taffy, you know, orange flavor, whatever it is. So I'm curious, you know, how do, how do we make that practical for children or for parents who are trying to, you know, impart that on children? Because children love, love candy. They love the, you know, the, the treats and the, all of those things that are, we're saying are, you know, not as, you know, both physically, you know, good for you or even spiritually good for you. So what, what would you say is like, how do we give that over to a child to, to really be able to, you know, like you said, getting, getting into that six-year-old child's, you know, head, headspace that you, that you get into when you write a book, like, how do we, how do we give that over to a child in a way that they really, you know, appreciate that? Yes. And, and I, I do this in the book too. And I explain, I explain, cause children want to know why, not just and don't make it forbidden. Forbidden is what, uh, forbidden is what you really want. You know, I mean, then it makes children desire to, it's not forbidden. Sure. We're just, we just need to educate children. We have been so infiltrated with, with the messages that the junk food is so great for us. All the pictures, it looks like it's so much fun and you want a reward. Here you go. There's so many other ways to give rewards. Now, one of my grandsons was in a class and the teacher, instead of giving out the sodas, which again, we would never water a plant with soda. We know that the plant will die really quickly. And yet our bodies, which are stronger, don't die immediately on getting a soda. No, thank God. But it, 
it has a, a deleterious effect on us. It It is harmful to us. Why would we want to give harmful things to our children? Just because all of that commercialization has infiltrated us to think that the soda is good when it's not helping us to thrive. We're so careful about taking good messages in for all kinds of other spiritual purposes. The same for our bodies. Take it in and it it helps our bodies and our souls to thrive. So I explain here, like it even withdraws the nutrients from our bodies. The super sugar cereal, it takes out the nutrients when the sugar, when it comes in, it's almost like when we get a saw on our body, like a cut and the body goes into, oh my goodness, I'm going to fix this. And all the all the blood vessels come to try to heal you. The same thing happens. We get an unnatural food-like substance coming into our body. Our body goes, what are you giving me? And it doesn't, it has to withdraw the good nutrients in order to process it. Oh, it's, wow. Wow. it's not doing anything helpful. The more we can educate children, then they really get it. Children that read this, I'm finding they're coming back to me and they're telling me, Now I understand. I've seen such changes happen in children. Young children, they come home and they're giving their parents the junk food they got in school Mm -hmm. and they get a prize for it or they get checks on a chart and then they get a prize. And um, there's all kinds of ways. But there was this Rebbe in my grandson's, uh, one of my grandson's Rebbe's, he gave out masking tape as a prize. Well, The boys loved it. They got different colored masking tapes and they made incredible sculptures. They made the Kotel. They made bridges. They made the Eiffel Tower, the Empire State. They they made the most incredible. And this was their reward. No junk food was given out. There are so many other ways to reward children and show that there's an abundance of ways to experience pleasure in this world, not only through food. Thank God Hashem made many, many multiple layers of ways to experience pleasure. Right, right, for sure. So, you know, I, I, I understand that, you know, the parents messaging around the, the reward that, that plays a huge deal. So if you're, if you're not putting this, putting, you know, the, the treats at the, at this pedestal and you're giving something else as a reward that, you know, that will definitely change it. But the child's still going to feel, you know, when they see their friends all around them who are having candy or whatever it is. You know, how do we, how do we then get the child to feel, you know what, this, this is not, this is not the best thing for me. And to yes. really able to understand that. Yes. That's even in the book too. He sees his friends eating junk. There is still sometimes I want what someone else got, but now I can figure out if it's healthy or not. And wow. since I don't want to eat so much junk anymore, the best thing is to not even get it from the store. And huh. it explains to children how to read the ingredients too when you get old enough, see if sugar's at the top of the list and un- you learn what it does for you and how you could bring in all kinds of so many other, um, like what compares to a watermelon in sweetness? What compares to a date? A date is the sweetest thing. It's like, it's as sweet as any junk you could get, but it has good stuff in it for you. It doesn't have all those addictive things. You can still have, 
we we can get back to all the natural treats that, and that's in that's in my Hashem's candy store book. All the natural treats that we have in this world designed for us to experience that spiritual gratitude and for it to uplift our bodies. Diabetes is now widespread among young children. There's, oh, wow. there's no need for this. This is type 2 diabetes. They would not have this genetically. They get it from the food. And so many other diseases are known now that our lifestyle changes. We would not experience these diseases if we lived in a more healthy way. Right, right, right. Wow, 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 wow. So, you know, I, I, I know that you've discussed in the past um, that w- one of the ways that you overcame your your own eating disorder was through something that you've discussed. I, I've, I've heard you discuss this idea of a pleasure ladder. You know, what can you can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, I got that pleasure ladder here. And it's it's so important. This is what I learned that it's so amazing. It's the purpose of life, what I was searching for for years is what is the purpose to life? Because I I didn't know that I was a soul. I didn't know I had a purpose, but something was missing from my life. And that's what I was searching for. And it could be even if a person's born from, they could still be confused about the, what the purpose of life is. So, How did, at what point, at what point in your life did you, did you realize that? Or were you feeling this, you know, this void? Yes, all through my teen years, I was searching for this. I looked into other religions. I looked into experimenting with other things because I didn't even know that Judaism was spiritual. And finally, Rav Noach Weinberg from Asia Torah, it was his teachings that got right to me. And um, he said, the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. What? Never heard anything like that. Never expected that from this man dressed all in black with a long white beard. I mean, but it's not hedonistic because the greatest pleasure possible in life are the spiritual pleasures. These are the lasting pleasures. On the lowest level are all the natural physical pleasures. So, And this is what it corresponds. The five levels correspond to the five levels of the human soul. And it also, I realize, corresponds to our five fingers. We have the power to bring pleasure into our lives at any moment through all these levels. The physical pleasures. An orange. All the natural foods from Hashem. These are gifts to uplift us physically and spiritually. Music, movement, gardening, dancing, these are all being in nature. These, these, these all lift us up. Next, what brings us even more lasting pleasure? Love. Now, how could that be empowering? You think it's dependent on someone else loving you? No, it's, it's us focusing on the virtues of another. What do we appreciate about someone else? A person in prison, even in isolation, could bring love into their lives. Let's say he focuses on the grandmother that once did a kindness for him. He is uplifted with this warm, emotional feeling of love that can encourage him to become a better person. That's love. 
meaning, doing something meaningful, good and meaningful in the world. I was on a show and I was up to this point and 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 the the the, the host said he was he ate two slices of pizza and he was just going through the whole rest of the box, just eating wanted to eat the whole thing. Someone knocks on his door, his neighbor needs his help. For a couple of minutes he comes back. He doesn't need the pizza anymore, puts the rest in the fridge. He just got filled up. He did something meaningful for someone else. That brings a more lasting pleasure. Why do we overeat? Because we want lasting pleasure. We want the pleasure to last. Mm, This tastes good. I'll just keep going. But we have, when we recognize there's an abundance of pleasures, an infinite amount of pleasures to bring into our lives, that's how we get over any type of addiction. Wow. Wow. There's, there's, there's a show called my 600 pound life. I think it's a Netflix thing. And, and the people I saw it on YouTube and the people all say the same thing. They say, this is the only thing bringing me pleasure anymore. Eating. So that's the answer. Expand it to identify what brings you more pleasure than eating. And this explains that this provides the framework. So, Hmm. and this is, this, this is nefesh. It nourishes our nefesh, the lowest level. Then the next level, ruach is the second level. The third level meaning is neshama. The fourth level creativity, chaya, putting new life into the world. There's nothing like this. When you are being creative, you don't feel like sleeping or eating. You are just in this yeah. zone of creativity. Yeah. So true. So <laughs> true. I totally hear you. <laughs> it's, yes. And only one thing higher than that is transcendence. That, that is, it's the state of awe and wonder that actually um, new research that was just done said that um, they found that what creates the most chemicals in the body that fights disease and that fights inflammation that causes disease is the state of awe and wonder, that state of state of transcendence. Like when we, wow. let's see, being under a starry sky at night, when we know we're a part of this awesome, great awesomeness, it's, it's when we transcend our own limitations, when we make that first crack in a bad habit. It's, 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 it's when we recognize that we're all connected to each other and to the source of all energy. This is what transcendence is. And you can experience all these levels, any moment of life, it's within our own power to do that. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. And parents can really help their children to by crafting each of those ideas, each, you know, the physical, the love, the meaning, the, the creativity, giving them opportunities for creativity, giving them opportunities to feel transcendent, giving them opportunities to feel meaning each and every single one of those. And then they'll, they'll, they, they just, they won't need to go to anything, you know, any unhealthy eating choices. The price to pay to climb the pleasure ladder is gratitude. That's, that is what changes everything. Um, why does a person develop an addiction? Addiction. It's it's from a feeling of estrangement, alienation, a sense of scarcity. There's not enough pleasure in my life. 
So mm. when we live with a sense of gratitude, that changes everything. Then we begin to live with a sense of abundance. Right. And you're saying that gratitude kind of has all of those, has all of those components in it? Has gratitude of- is what gives us that sense of connection. We mm. are grateful for the orange. We're grateful for the other person that we appreciate, that we love. We, and then we want to give back with gratitude to the world, with meaning and doing something positive and putting a unique part of ourselves into the world with gratitude and creativity and transcendence. It's the most overwhelming feeling of gratitude to be part with awe and wonder to experience this world. So it's all about filling our children's lives with gratitude in order to do that. We need to be grateful people ourselves. Mm, that is so true. That is so, so true. Wow. You know, mo- shifting a little bit, you know, so we spoke about how to, you know, both, pr- you know, proactively and reactively kind of deal with the addiction. What about, you know, healthy body image? How can parents help instill their child with, with a healthy body image? Yes. I think the main thing is from the inside out. We get very focused on externals when we don't have enough gratitude from within. Mm-hmm. In fact, the person, the emptier a person feels inside, the more desperately they try to get externalities to fill them up. But it's an, it's, success is an inside job. That's a, that's a, a famous person said that. And that's, that's what it is. We won't be so concerned about our body's image as I was as a teenager because I, there's a control issue too. I felt like life was out of control. I didn't feel there was a good purpose. I didn't know there was an overall good purpose to life. Once you can trust in your own goodness and in life's goodness, then you can give up those, that excessive sense of control that makes a person feel like dieting excessively or doing anything excessively, actually, um, because you can trust in the goodness of life again. It's, it's a, it's a totally different frame of life. Right, right, right. Wow. And would you say that, that this, this changes based off of either age or gender, meaning at different points, is is there, is there a different way to, to kind of help that? I think that girls are more focused on body image than boys. I think that for sure happens, especially in the teen years, but, but males and females both suffer from this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 That's definitely true. That's definitely true. I'm curious, you know, based on what you were saying before, is there a, you know, is there ever a time that, that candy or treats are appropriate or within, within what you're saying, really, we should not that we should make it forbidden, like you were saying, but at the same time, it really doesn't have a place within our, within a, within a healthy diet. I really do feel that way. It's, it's, they're really filled with toxic chemicals. That is the truth, but we don't think of them like that. Also because they're so pretty, like we'll put these pretty sprinkles on them and we'll make them all colorful. We're camouflaging the fact that 
it's filled with unhealthy chemicals. And so people will sometimes say, oh, you know, I deserve a treat. Uh, An adult will even say this. I deserve to like cheat sometimes and have this. And I want to say you deserve to put junky things in your body. You're not a junky person. You don't deserve that. You deserve to treat your body as well as you possibly can. And, and, and the more we treat our bodies well and our souls well, it goes together. The more chance we have to live long lives and do more mitzvahs in life. It's really, it's actually a mitzvah from the Torah to guard our health. And, right. and the right. more we do that in a joyful way. So to overcome a bad habit, We need to pour in the joy. We need greater and more lasting pleasures. Restrictions don't work. They they put you inside of a prison and we don't need to live like that. Pour in the joy. There are so, there's an abundance of ways, an infinite number of ways. There are like 500 kinds of apples. Why did Hashem bother? He cares about us with so much love. This world was designed for us to do one thing here, all the mitzvahs do the same thing, express our gratitude. That's what we're here for, to enjoy this world, this right. amazing garden with gratitude. Yeah, the Chovos Olavavo says that our whole entire Avodah Hashem should be based off of Hakar Satov, out of gratitude. That's like the yes. whole entire basis. If, yes. we, if, we, if we even just serve Hashem for that reason alone, that, that, would, be, that would be enough. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. And what about, what about snacks? Like, do, where, where do snacks come into this? There's so many healthy snacks whenever you want, you know, whenever your body needs it. Oh my gosh. You, and, and you could take, look how it's packaged. You could just take it with you. It's individually packaged. So easy. Look how the fruits are made like that. That's what I talk about in Hashem's candy store. You just pick it off the tree. It's there. It's packaged perfectly individual size. And you take them, you take nuts with you. They're so healthy. They give you protein. They give you energy, all kinds of nuts. There's such a great variety. They're, just get more and more into exploring all the joyful ways that we can eat, the colorful ways. And then, you know, it has an effect on the industry. They, they respond the more and more that people are buying right. the healthy foods and uh, less and less people are going for the junk. That's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, is there anything that within this realm, within this realm of, you know, healthy eating habits, healthy eating choices that parents don't think to ask? Okay, one thing I want to say is this. It takes about 400 repetitions to form new synapses in the brain to create a new healthy habit. That takes a very long time. But studies have found that it just takes 10 to 20 repetitions when done playfully. Hmm. When you do a new habit in a joyful way, 10 to 20 repetitions and you've got it down. So that's why there are joyful books to teach children how to do things joyfully, songs, games, Show children how joyful Hashem's food is. And there's no, it goes in easily. You, you create a new habit 
easily if you do it joyfully. That's wow. something that most people don't realize. I love that. I love that. Okay, as we wrap up, is there any any final message that you want to share with our listeners on, you know, healthy eating habits or or anything else? Yeah, you just you just take it in little bits by little bits. You know, um you plant a seed in your life. That seed becomes a tree. That tree becomes an infinite amount of fruit. Just plant one little seed in your own life, in your child's life, a seed of gratitude. Wow. And that one seed will become the most amazing garden in your life. That God is willing. incredible. I'm, I'm blown away by your, your spiritual nature and it's just, it's incredible. Wow. It's, it's, it's so inspiring. And I, I really, uh, it inspires me. I want to go read all of your books for myself and also with my children. It's really, it's incredible. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing the, these incredible nuggets of wisdom. It's really was such an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Jews Next Door. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I'd love to hear your takeaways. Reach out to us. Reach out to me at yair at jenoff.org. Hi at jenoff.org. Check us out on the website. You could leave a question there. We'd love to be in touch. Please be in touch. Check us out on Instagram at Parenting the Jews Next Door. Hit me up on Twitter at Yair Manchel. And we got, we're on TikTok now too. We have some great content, a lot of really great insights into parenting, tips, parenting pointers, reaction videos, and quotes. We have a lot going on. We have a lot of articles. You want to check it out. Check it out at jenoff.org. You won't be sorry you did. And I look forward to hearing from you. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Looking forward to another great episode next week.